0: what's up everyone my name is kevin lagore and welcome to the what's up webcast Uh, this is a webcast we do every friday 10 a.m pacific right here at the Skywatcher usa youtube channel Um, we cover everything that has to do with the nighttime sky to what's up what we can observe to helpful tips and tricks uh, for your observing and imaging uh, outings and of course we also have a special guest on everyone uh, at the end of each month so it's the end of the month so we have a special guest uh actually two here today with us um first off if you've ever uh joined us before happy friday um we're glad to have you back if you're just joining us for the first time welcome Uh, if you like what we do here go ahead and subscribe to the skywatcher usa youtube channel if there's a topic that you'd ever like us to cover maybe we didn't catch something for you um or you want us to look into doing a topic an episode on a particular topic go ahead and email us at support at skywatcherusa.com and just title it what's up so uh Today, uh, we're having some good friends of ours from Los Mondi Astronomical. Uh, here we have Tanya Kennelly and Brian Valiente are with us today. Um, if you watched last week, um, you might know we were supposed to have Alan Hale from Celestron. There was a schedule uh, issue on Alan's end, so we hope to have him on in the future, but we still have Los Mondi here. They're awesome. Uh, good friends of ours, so we're really happy that they were able to join us on such a last-minute uh scheduling. So I'm going to bring them on today. Um, At the end of the episode, if you have any questions uh, for them, we'll leave the Q&A to the end of the episode. So just hold your questions till then. Uh, But let's get started. I'm going to bring them on here. Um, So, and the computer wants to listen to me. There we go. So let me open these guys up. So, hey guys, how are you doing?
1: I'm Great. Happy Friday.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see you guys face-to-face rather than, like, over the phone or something like that. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we used to see each other quite a few – I mean, a few times a year, especially if AIC was happening and then – Right. So. But next year.
0: Yeah. So thanks for – you know, I know this was, like, a last-minute thing, but thanks for, you know, stepping in and – being here with us this Friday, I know it was, you know, kind of an unexpected thing. But, um, so I usually start these episodes off the same question with everybody. Um, and there's two of you this morning, so this will make um, uh, <laughs> uh, it'll be fun to hear this. because um, I know you both come from ba- different backgrounds, but how did you guys get to the astronomy industry and working for Los Mandy at this point?
2: Ladies first. Yeah, but Uh-oh. you know what? You can do. I can cut to this, and you just want to talk into that camera. Okay. Sorry, this is the first time we're using the virtual studio, so we can do camera switching and stuff like that. But just go ahead.
1: Okay. So I um, I got a job at OPT, Oceanside Photo and Telescope. I'm sure everybody knows them. They're an authorized dealer of both of our companies. Um, they're great, very well known in the industry. Um, I was working with Craig Weatherwax, who um, Started OPT and then I, so that I was there, gosh, I want to say nine years, I think. And that's how I got to meet you, Kevin. Yeah. And then um, I started working a lot more closely with Scott and everything. And um, so Scott asked me to come along on board here. So I did that about five years ago. Yeah, it's been great. I like, awesome. I like working in the manufacturing field, it's a lot different than the retail space.
0: Yeah, I worked at Woodland Hills before coming to Skywatcher, and it's—I think it's really good to have that perspective of working at a retail place, but the, it, yeah, it's a very different experience.
1: Yes, I think I remember you working at Woodland Hills. You
2: worked at Woodland Hills Telescope. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I didn't. Know.
1: <laughs> I, the, the more I you there know.
2: For a long time. I my first stuff.
1: Yeah, I know that place is close to us up here Burbank, so. That's my story, not too great of a story, but now I'm here with Scott, and Scott's great to work for, making great products and always trying to make them better for the astronomy industry. Yeah. So it's been fun, a lot of fun. I think I'm looking down at the computer, but
0: you are looking down.
1: I know. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) This is
0: where it's okay. (laughs) There's a lot going on in the studio.
1: I'm looking at Kevin on the computer so I can talk to him, but I really should be looking up at the cameras. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all right. (laughs) And then, Brian, you have – I'm sorry, Tanya, if you were still going on that. I know Brian comes from a different –
1: Yeah, his his is a lot different.
0: Yes, I'm a lot less interesting. No, Uh, no, but I was –
2: well, you know, Kevin, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was um, involved in – well, I started astronomy probably – in astronomy probably 12 years ago and uh, bought my first stuff uh, from Woodland Hills Telescope. And uh, uh I think like a lot of people, I just had a horrible time for like two or three years and I, you know, quit it and then I came back and I quit it and came back. And uh, you know, somewhere, I want to say probably like five, six years ago, maybe, um, uh, there was a product that came out called Pullmaster that like literally saved me from just completely canning this whole effort. And uh, you know, from there I was close by uh to uh Lost Mandy and I had managed to screw up my mount a couple of times and brought it in Scott was really nice. Then he asked me to test some things and I did. And then we sort of got chatting and, you know, I said, Hey, uh, you know, it seems like you guys could really maybe use some help. And, you know, one thing led to another and kind of, you know, here we are. Yeah. The thing. So
1: it's been great. I love having him here.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I have like about, uh, you know, 12 years of, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I consider myself first an astro imager and then kind of secondarily a lost Mandy person. Well, I mean, I guess sort of 50, 50, but but that whole perspective, uh, Kevin, as you know, you know when you have experience using the gear every day and you know thinking about it and trying to solve problems, which is always uh, the challenge, you know, it's forever problem solving. You have a lot more appreciation for what people are going through, and you have a lot more appreciation for what it takes to really, you know, kind of get it to the to the place you want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the phone where it's like you're not an astrophotographer until you've yelled at your system um, a couple <laughs> nights in a row. <laughs> and you know
2: couple nights man.
0: yeah at least you know you earn your stripes that way so that's right I, you know totally get it from um being there should an be actual belt,
1: like belt colors for astro imagers like the, you know karate and stuff yeah you, you have a certain level of belt
0: learn to I polar align learn idea. to plate solve <laughs> learn to yeah, you yeah, know you whatever
1: exactly yes you get like a patch like a brownie patch or something that you can put yeah. on your sash. plate solving and... you know, the whole... <laughs> that's I know actually I... pretty that's I'm actually pretty a pretty good idea yes and then you wear your sash and it's like you wear it in pride i yeah. like that idea let's start the patching <laughs> so yeah there we go the
0: <laughs> um and i actually my moderators who are in the chat right here actually bring up a good. Uh, comment uh for those of you who don't know uh los mondi is actually owned by scott los mondi los mondi so i know he's floating around usually there um but just if if you're aware of that so um, i
3: might
1: be able to get him on i think i will
0: we'll try the to bait him later so
1: yes yes we asked
0: him nicely
2: and we're gonna threaten him later so
0: yeah (laughs) sasquatch unicorns scott los mondi
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. so if you have any questions for him, he'll put on towards the end. I think which will be fun, yeah.
0: yeah. Jeff, my boss and moderator right now is saying we should call him astro sashes. So-
1: astro stashes Astro sash- sashes. Okay,
2: your, your idea see, the, uh
1: i think I think it's going to I think it's going to catch on. I'm leaving Los Mandy to make astro patches for the astro patches.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just so you know, the br- brownies were like the it's like the that's the girl thing. And then there's boy scouts or cub scouts oh, right. and weeblos, right? So like
1: the eagle, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to
2: do like one of each, like the brownie patch and then the
1: eagle, the uh, Cub Scouts. The Boy Scouts. Yeah, yeah Boy, boy scouts, scouts or
2: whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just make up my own scout. Astro Scout. Astro, astro Scouts. Good. Get you should run for astro, government. <laughs> that's <is> perfect.
3: <laughs> oh god. <gosh. laughs>
0: So, um, I know Ta- <laughs> Tanya's been working at Los Mondi for well, you both have but You've got the you've been there a little bit longer. You know the the history of Los Mondi a little bit because I know it actually used to be in Hollywood in a very big machining area, and then you guys moved.
1: So. Right? Yeah, he um, was in the he was in Hollywood. That's where he started. It was just a Hollywood General Machining. It was just a machine shop literally and, um, in
2: Hollywood. Right. Hollywood proper.
1: And um so and that was 40 years ago. To, this is our 40th year anniversary. So, good job, Scott. Um and um somebody challenged him. I mean, that I I'm pretty sure this is the history. Somebody challenged him to make his own telescope and he did. And that's how it all started. I want to say is was it the HGM 200 was that or 100 was it was first?
2: one of those yeah. one of
1: the, one of those yeah. mounts was the first one he made a few of each or whatever and then um and then mentioning alan hale celestron um contracted with him to make mounts for celestron that's kind of what put him on the put him on the map and then celestron went off on their own scott went off on their own on, on his own and um here we are today right yeah so and then we also have the um production and that was another challenge that somebody asked him, a producer asked him if he would, um, he says, "I we, it's this thing in the movie industry and you're on a dolly. Right, so when get, you say
2: production, you mean the movie production, tel- movie, movie, Yeah, the movie, yeah,
1: yeah. film industry. Um, you can get seasick on these things called sleds. They call it seasickness, because you have to move it back and forth to get the flat spots out. So when you're doing, um, when you're filming and you're going over the, going through the rails, you don't get these flat spots and bumps. And somebody asked him if he could figure something out, and he did, and came up with the PortaGlide's, which is the name of the Portage of Division, as our movie set division Um, came out with that, and those are huge success on so on so many movie sets. So,
0: yeah, and that's what's kind of cool about you know I know I've had a couple G11s and stuff. If you flip the mount over, it actually says Hollywood General Machining, or it used to. I don't know if the current production still still saying, but Yeah. yeah, if you guys aren't aware, that's the full name of it. And yeah, you guys do a lot of work in the Hollywood area with the porta jibs cuz I know you've been on several productions and if they follow you on Facebook sometimes I know you post about where they do pop up in the the yeah. movie industry.
1: Yeah, we yeah, a lot. I mean, we on a lot of TV shows. I know we've done a bunch of the Mission Impossible, Girl on the Train. A lot of, there's a lot of movies. It just goes on and on. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's fun to have both. You know, it's like I try to figure out what hat I'm going to be wearing that hour. If that's, I'm going to be doing film stuff, or if I'm going to be doing astro um, photography stuff. So it's kind of fun. Mixes it oh, up a little right.
2: bit. But but I just want to say the because uh, we get asked this question sometimes, like you know, which which side of the business is big? Kind of what what takes up most of our time? And I would say far and away, Lost Mandy, astronomical. is just a, I mean, it takes. God, I don't know what the numbers, but like ninety percent of our time, it's just a right. Really, really crazy number. Well,
1: it's it's so much. I feel like it's a lot more involved. You know, the porta glides are just a couple of parts. You know, uh, our mount is ninety six parts that we machine in house. So it's yeah. it's a lot involved.
0: So. And that actually brings up a good topic. So I'm, you know, Skywatcher. We're a mass produced company. I know you guys do mass production, but you're one of the few companies that are still based here in the US that machines all of it. So (laughs) that's kind of a cool thing that if you guys weren't aware and then your mounts are actually really interesting. I mean they haven't changed much over the, the history of the company but um I know some of them you've added things to them where you know like the maybe Brian I know you do deal a lot with the technical stuff but you guys have you know the motors are spring loaded now and they crack on the right ascension to where you can pull them apart for transport and stuff right. but um are you able to kind of tell us a little bit about how the mounts have evolved to you know especially with today's modern day imager yeah. so you guys have added a lot of features for that
2: Yeah so you know, as you pointed out, um, you know, it's, uh, it's completely made in the USA. Uh, all of the, I mean, we literally, so we kind of, the shop itself is, uh, kind of in two parts. There's the, the area in front where sort of the offices are and the podcast studio where Tanya right. works and things like that. And then there's the back, which is literally just filled with machines and people running machines. Yes. I feel like it's 24 <laughs> seven, but I mean, it's like, all I the wish time. yeah. And I'm surprised I don't hear them right now. I think we've got pretty good mics, Yeah, but, um. So we do it all here, right? And we do it all in the U S and if we need more parts, we just sort of go back there and say, we need to make more parts. Um, the, the basic, the basic design I think is largely unchanged, uh, since even the Celestron days, which is interesting because we literally get people in, uh, who have like a 1995, 2000 mount, and we can actually upgrade them to the latest version of the mount with all the the accessories and things so that's something that's a little bit unusual uh for us because we have control over all of all of those pieces we can figure out how to sort of keep people's mounts current without doing the just complete replace
1: right yes um, you don't have to thing. completely replace your mount
2: um but you know aside from that we have over the years added uh, a number of um uh features that are really kind of specific to astro imaging so we started with the uh, you know the one police worm block and the precision brass worm that just makes the ra tracking uh better uh we added uh the tucked in motors uh which was a very uh, important um kind of accessory and i personally suffered from this because i smashed many many mo- that's actually we and got that's
1: why yeah that's the main reason why scott wanted to do the tucked motors because of Thing, like yeah, because
2: things you know, things flop over and then they, the motors get smashed. But it, it actually gives you additional tracking time uh, past the meridian, which I, f- I found to be quite handy because um, the meridian, of course, is you know the, the sweet spot of the sky where we want to you know really maximize our time. Uh, and then we added, uh, and I was sort of involved in the testing of the spring-loaded worms that allow us to not worry about uh, uh, biasing the counterweight and so forth. And uh, And it's really just kind of all come together as a really nice system that gets some very, very solid performance. And I would say, I mean, I don't know what the number is, Tanya, but I would say probably 80 or 90% of the people who use our mounts, or at least buy them today, uh, buy them for astro imaging.
1: I would think so, too. Yeah, we used to have the older version, the stepper motor version, which you can still do astrophotography with, but you didn't have the ability to hook it up to computers and all that stuff. Yeah, couldn't do a a go-to. Right, and the go-to. So um, it's pretty much we don't even sell the standard anymore because we just didn't invest in it any longer. But um, so now we're just doing the go-to and because the demand for the other version just wasn't there any longer.
0: We're in the same boat. We get people every now and again, we'll have someone ask, it's like, I don't want an equatorial with go-to on it. And the reality of it is when you're running companies like ours and La Salamity, you kind of got to go with where the main trend is, and it's hard to accommodate older hardware, but it's only going to sell here and there because if it's not going to sell great, it's just sitting collecting dust and
1: Exactly. it's,
0: it's not moving and keeping the company going so I'm, I'm sure you guys get it like we do every now and again it's like why don't you have this anymore it's like well it just right. doesn't make sense for us to stock it anymore so
1: well that's good to know that we, that we're both kind of in the same boat yeah but yeah with all the technology and everything today you know um scott's been really focusing just on the astro imaging side of everything with brian so because brian i mean brian lives and breathes astroimaging. i feel like because you've got your observatory down in chile also that you've yeah, i mean true. and you get some amazing images and just do a lot of work down there so yeah
2: so i, I, I think kevin like you right i mean I, i'm not i'm not just a i i just don't only own lost mandy stuff uh and of course you probably don't don't just own uh sky things but i have a uh, we have a remote observatory where I, I my partner and i have a remote observatory in chile it's on an astrophysics mount it's a big we're just installing a 20 inch plane wave down there and uh you know it's just It's a completely different experience um, and you learn a lot from them, but I will tell you all the stuff that I learned doing astro imaging in my driveway was essential to figuring out how to make these other ones work. And I think that's probably true for you too as well, right?
0: Yeah. I I have paramounts and I've had Los Mondi mounts and I've had access to APs. And when you work in the telescope industry, it kind of just, you get access to things like that. But I think it's important for people to understand too is you know, at I I'm sure it'll go through people's heads when they watch this is oh well of course you have a plane wave and an AP and of course it just works but that's not actually <laughs> how it works because you astronomy isn't one of those hobbies that you just throw money at and suddenly it works I mean yeah. you have to have basic understanding of how all, not even basic when you're talking remote because there's especially in Chile there's there's no room to screw up at that point because no one's there to fix it so. Um it's important where you practice in your backyard and eventually if you at one point maybe you will have the ability to have a remote system which is awesome we have one too um but you know it's it's important that you do take the time in your backyard and play with it it's, it's especially if you don't have a remote system let's say you're just going to a star party like really hone your craft in the backyard and play with it and then go out and do the big projects. Right. So yeah, and I
2: and I so that's a great point. And I kind of want to emphasize that because uh, it took us uh, six months to onboard the telescope uh, with a mount down in Chile, and they're actually there's a team of people, right? We have a, a shared observatory, um, so we did have a lot of help. But uh, it 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 was a different set of challenges, but it was still challenges, right? And the in the key there that I think, and I really want to emphasize is it's, it's all about problem solving, right? You know, there's a problem, try to figure out what it is kind of hunt it down, you know, eliminate the variables. It's exactly the same that we do in our driveway and all the stuff that I learned in terms of guiding and setting back focus. And you know, all the, it seems like really simple, um, Plug I don't you know, to say, I'm say like dumb stuff, but like, you know, sort of beginner stuff. And it really isn't, it's all, it's all exactly the same stuff, you know, that whether you're working on a, you know this quarter million dollar system, or if you're working on you know the five hundred dollar you know Skywatcher adventure or something. You still like have that. to factor in everything. It's all it's all the same stuff, right? So it's 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 part of that learning path, right? It's a very learning centric kind of uh, hobby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're just watching, um, we get this a lot. Where hey, my mount's not working. Blah 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 blah. Um, make sure sh- problem solving is a huge part of astro imaging and we get a lot of questions and we're here to support you no not no issue there but it will require time on your end to make those problem solving questions so check the power check the usb you know there's a million things that can go wrong especially in these systems where you're running multiple softwares and company products that all have to mesh Right. Together. Everybody's so
1: system is different. You know, you may, I mean, every single system can be different. So you really, as we're trying to troubleshoot and try to figure out what the problem could be, we're, we're not there able to, you know, to look and see what everything is, if everything's correct. So it's, it can be, it can be a little tricky and challenging. That's for sure. That's, yeah.
0: Especially with all the softwares that are out there. Now we have a lot of people that will write to us. They're like, Oh, I'm having issue with this software. It's like, yeah. I don't know. There's, you know, there's Nina, there's Stellarium, there's EQ Mod for us, there's SkyX, there's right. Prism, you know, and they all work in their own unique way. So if you have yes. software, don't call the telescope company because they probably don't know just because it's not our software. So it's hard to know how it's going to Re- mesh yes. with everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I have to talk to you more about your remote setup. I didn't realize that was yours, like your part of it. So I, so I've seen it. It looks cool, but I have to talk to you more about that. So, um, what I think is really cool about the current Los Mondi mounts, and I, I remember when Tanya, you were there when you guys unveiled. I think it was Neef a couple years ago. Um, I don't know if Brian was officially part of the team yet, but were you actually have the ability to Upgrade your mount by simply getting an adapter and putting it on a larger ride right ascension uh, piece?
1: So, the modular mounts did come out right when I started here, which was five years ago. And um, they did come out. We released it at NEEF, you are correct. Yes. And so, basically, we're unique in that system, that the modular system where you can take your GM8, grow it to a GM811. Make it a G11, then to a G11T. So it's really, it was fun being part of it, and um, so and it's doing very well so far. Pe- a lot more people are starting to catch on. They're like, "Oh, I want to buy the deck," and now I want to buy the RA. It's starting to seems like everybody's starting to you know buy the pieces now, so they can make different modular
2: mounts. Right. Yeah. So I mean, conceptually, uh, just to be clear, right? So there's there's a, a component that we put between the RA axis and the deck axis. And allows you to separate them, right? So you can. The RA
1: extension kit. The RA,
2: it's called the RA extension kit, right? And that is sort of the basis of the modular mounts. Um, But so there's a couple benefits to that, right? There's uh, you can separate them for uh, travel uh, because the mounts kind of, you know, mounts can be kind of heavy, you know? And uh, sometimes what I'll do uh, if I'm really lazy, which is often, uh, I'll leave my counterweights on, like the counterweight shaft and the position of the counterweights. And uh, I will just sort of pull up the whole deck wow. axis because I can do that and just put it down. Uh, and then when I go back to reassemble it, I can just kind of put it all back together and not have to worry about balancing it. You can just put put a little tape on the right, telescope right. Mm-hmm. and so forth. So, I mean, that's one benefit. The other, as we mentioned, is it kind of creates a little bit of additional spacing so that you can get more distance across shooting across the meridian before you have to do a meridian flip. So that's nice. And as Tanya was talking about, we sort of now design these uh, axes in such a way that you can – Swap out one axis at a time so you can go from a uh, like a a G11 axis to a G11T axis for for more weight capacity. You can swap out the the, uh, G8 deck axis for a G11 deck axis. So, a lot of folks who are starting out uh, and just don't want to don't have a lot of money, maybe want to start with a simple one or maybe have just a small telescope, they can start with that and know that they only have to buy pieces of it as opposed to a, a completely brand new mount.
1: Right, great, yeah, great explanation.
0: I remember when that came out and it like blew my mind. It's like, how has no one done this before? Like, that's such a great idea where it's just, it, you know, because we, our designs the way we do, it, it's like, oh, you need a bigger mount. You just need a bigger mount. Right, um, right. Where you guys, it's it's kind of ingenious where it's just, oh, well, just buy the larger right ascension and just psh, done. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's awesome. So
1: that's come out with some great ideas. I mean, there's been a couple things that haven't been so great, you know, but that's part of the process. So,
0: yeah, they're not. We have rooms of stuff at SkyWatcher that weren't winners, so <laughs> yes, exactly. so it just it happens. But yeah. um,
1: can't be great I, at everything.
0: What I um, we that's get this great. question a lot, so I don't know if you guys have approached it or thought about approaching it, but you know, on the modern day mounts the demand for through Mount cabling and built in hubs and stuff like that has come up. Have you guys thought about doing something like that? Or is it something that you've kind of navigated around or?
2: Yeah. Um, it's a good question. And we actually, uh, I think we talked about this on a, a podcast episode. So Lost Mandy has a podcast It's called live from Burbank. Yes. And you can see it on YouTube, but, um, so, you know, we have looked at that. Uh, we don't do it currently. We don't do either of those currently. I mean, uh, we sort of like the notion of through the mount cabling for like the uh, motor cables, uh, and it makes sense. And I think we're just trying to figure out the best way to do that because you know we have things like the uh, RA extension where you can sort of separate them out. We really need to sort of think through that and make sure that it's gonna it's gonna work correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, the USB stuff I'm not so much a fan of, honestly, because I have seen. Uh, you know, I'm like everybody else, right? So I'm on cloudy nights and lots of other places. And I have just seen a lot of issues where people, if, if the, the USB cable stops working or there's interference or the hub goes down, I mean, you're kind of SOL I mean, you're straight up just like a lot of, I hear like, you know, return it to the manufacturer. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to return my mount to the manufacturer and be down for weeks or months Possibly. for a USB cable. Like not a, not a huge fan of that.
1: I mean, like Scott has said, nothing is off the table with him. You know, he will always think and try to grow the mountain stuff. But um, as of right now, we feel like we're okay with non with the non through the mountain.
0: Yeah, because we on our EQ8 that we have out now. This is our hub board. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, it's that's Can the thing you? that's the thing that sucks about it is the more fun stuff you pack into it, it's just the more moving parts you've got. So if this doesn't work, we have to fix that. And not that it's a common issue all the time, but it's just what I've always, yeah, it does happen, especially with electronics. It's just, you know, (laughs) um, what I really have always admired about the Los Mondi mounts. I tell people this all the time. We recommend Los Mondi all the time. You know, we get people are like, I'm looking for something like this. It's like, well, you'd probably want to go here then. Um, And you guys always take care of them. But, What I think is cool, probably better than any other mount on the market, is yours has the concept of like an old car, where it's like, hey, I need to fix this, or I want to do this, boom, there it is. You get the part, you do it, and it's done. Where, you know, a lot of us and, you know, these really high-end imaging mounts, it's kind of like... Great. I've got my Acura Ferrari at this point. I need that particular screw and you know, it's gotta go back to the manufacturer to do work on it. So you guys have a cool workflow where it really makes it easy to, you know, you guys just stick to your guns about what your products yeah. are good at. So
2: Yeah, I mean, uh so I, I think there's two parts to that. Right? One is kind of like it is built that basically if somebody wants to be able to take it apart and fiddle with it, or we have some people customizing it. I mean, they can absolutely do that. Um, The second part, which I would say is probably equally valuable is we have a very vibrant customer community in our user groups with people who have done this, right? And uh, offer tons of advice. You know, we have some people We have uh, some third party sort of modders and repairs throughout the world who uh, offer excellent support for that kind of stuff. I mean, we will sort of explain how the mount works and things. But if you're going to sort of drill new holes and try a new uh, go to system and put it in there, you know, there's only so much that we can do because we're not familiar with that that type of system. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, we're just we're we're we appreciate what people do. And, you know, there's just there's a great way. The mount enables you to do it. And there's a bunch of people who have done it. Whatever you're thinking about, chances are someone's done it before. And that's oh, yeah. a great way to you know, get some knowledge there. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know going back to the USB thing, there's so many good options now for cable management. You know, Pegasus has their power boxes. Uh, you have yeah, like the this. the Eagles from Prima Luce. We have right. one of those. You know, there's so many good options now to where you don't really have to incorporate USB into your mount at this point. Um, a a whole hub system because it's easy to just add it when when you need to do it yourself. And then then
1: as technology grows, if it needs to be replaced, you just replace that box instead of having to replace the entire mount.
0: And I'm sure Brian's well aware USBs are just the most finicky freaking cables on earth at this point. So
2: yeah, I've heard that as a horror show. Uh, Probably (laughs) you do too. I'm a little bit more direct. But I mean, look, the... the, the, what people want, which is to you know have simplified cable management, it we all agree on, right? I mean, I'm sure Kevin, I'm sure you agree with that, right? It's a, we love that idea, uh, and we have to balance it with this, the reliability that comes from a piece of fairly sophisticated machining and electronics that you leave outside all day long and all night long. You know, you don't imagine taking your uh, you know high end Mac and putting it outside, you know, four, five, six months a year. I mean, it's just. It's, it's not the same, right? So absolutely, I agree. And uh, I love uh, the Pegasus Powerbox stuff. They have a bunch of different versions, right? I mean, I use those all the time. Uh, you know, fortunately, uh, the Lost Manity Gemini, which is our go-to system, the astronomical computer has also Ethernet, which I think is a huge uh, uh, win for connectivity and keeping things simple. But, you know, as you pointed out, uh, it's a great idea and, every approach whether you have it built into the mount or you do it separately uh has some some pros and cons to it you know
0: especially with um and i don't mean to hang up on the usb thing for a while just keeps popping up you know especially with like 3.0 now where everyone's like great it has 3.0 well 3.0 you can run like three feet before the power supply like it's like ah there's not enough here to send the signal so and then, of course, you have, like, now they have USB-C or whatever the new one is, um, and all these different types. So the minute you put a USB into something, it's there's a new one out. And,
2: uh. Yeah. What was that? Show me that board again. Is that a Skywatcher board?
0: Yeah. This is on our EQ8 uh, board. I'm going to hide some of our proprietary, <laughs> proprietary stuff there on there. So.
2: <laughs> I didn't actually take a picture. I That's actually,
0: all right. So, I'm through. sure someone you know has bought one and taken it apart and there you go so oh yeah that's how it works so well yeah no i I think it's cool that it's you guys have implemented a lot of neat things and i know i've talked to scott before at trade shows where you know like the universal dovetail plates um where the thought is just put more holes in it so and it
1: It'll eventually line up with one of the some right. of the rings or whatever. You I mean. call
0: it the Swiss cheese plate because it's just, you know, it's a good we
1: recommend it.
0: Yeah, we recommend them you know. all the time. So you should get a shirt made that just says, you know, Swiss cheese plate, and it has the yeah. just the black and white diagram of it.
1: You start the Swiss cheese plate. I'm going to start the, the the patch the patch sash the astro patches sash so. <laughs>
0: Well we'll do nothing. a cheese plate on top of the universal plate. So <laughs> after COVID and after everyone's not disgusting and stuff like that. So yes. um but no, so it, I we recommend the D U P plates all the time because oh. they match everything so pretty
1: much yeah if you have that i mean if you, you know a lot of people have multiple telescopes it's going to fit on all of those if you need it you can just take i think i have like inch.
0: six of them laying around seven yeah. and 14s yeah. and yeah if you need a universal plate just get a los mondi dup 14 and don't ask what it'll fit because it'll pretty much fit <laughs> anything so <laughs> yeah. one yeah, plate talking- to rule them all so
2: tanya the 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 los d plate is in fact Kind of the industry standard it's one of the two but i mean it's kind of like the, the it thing, is right? it is the
1: standard in the industry and that is lost mandy scott did invent that he invented that standard so another who right. so huyot, it's sort of the Mr. it's the scott. D
2: plate right I mean and lots of people sell versions of them now but uh it is a is a certain thickness and width and all that that uh they should be interchangeable
1: right most mounts now which you know I think all of your mounts are V and D series most of them are all dual Saddle, so you can either use it with the V series, yeah. So
0: that's where the D came from on that's the D plate.
1: Lost Mandy. I don't know why it's called D. DC- I don't know how it used to be. Like I think it used to be called a Lost Mandy style plate, and then everybody came out with V series and D series. Yeah. Yeah, so. the
0: D stuff. cheese.
2: Just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is it not the L series? Small right? D, yeah. So. <laughs> why isn't it called
1: the L series?
0: The S, I don't know. Yeah, Scott is. T-
1: I don't know how it came up. I d- I don't even know if Scott actually standardized that word D series. Maybe it was just somebody in the industry who knows. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: Goes
0: back
1: to before my time.
0: That's alright. Astronomy
1: in the astronomy world.
0: Um, so I know we're getting. We have some more. Let me see here. Let's. Should we try to scare you, up Scott?
1: Yeah, I want to try it. What time is it?
0: It's ten okay. thirty-six.
1: Don't to try to go see if I can get him.
0: If he can, you know, I know he's there. So
2: Stop!
1: he's way in the back.
0: <laughs> oh, is he like he's super
2: far way, back? Way
1: way back. Like, I would have do to, go, to get go get him. Do you want me to go get him,
2: him or do you want to go get
1: him? Um, you, why don't you guys talk more astro imaging stuff? Maybe think, well, I'll go grab him. Okay. Cool. I think it's will be much more interesting. Okay. <laughs> <Maybe he wants laughs> but to don't astro take, try to take your. Uh,
0: I know.
2: Okay. Yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah, don't walk off and be connected to the computer. <laughs> right?
2: Technical difficulties, please stand by. <laughs>
0: Just so. Yeah, get some stuff um, on the screen. So is there anything um, from Los Mani that product-wise that you find is surprising that people don't know product-wise or something that you think more people should know about?
2: Well, uh, Uh, You know, there's one thing that comes up quite a bit uh, as a surprise to me. And that is, so we're known for the G11 mount. And that is kind of like our flagship mount. It's uh, a weight capacity, I think is 60 pounds imaging and 75 pounds visual. And it's actually, it's actually 60 pounds. It's not like 50% and it doesn't include the counterweight, right? So, um, and it's, and it's a, you know, it's kind of like the, when you think about Lost Many, people basically think about the G11. But, you know, we have the the G8, uh, which is the uh, kind of, it's identically machined. It's not the same size, but you know, you look at them and you say like, these are clearly, uh, you know, brothers or sisters to each other. And then we have the GM811, which is the G11 RA axis with the bigger worm gear and the, you know, the more precise tracking and everything. And then it has the G8 deck. And while the, the weight capacity is is slightly lower. You know, the real magic, as you know, comes in the RA axis, right, and the tracking and the
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know the low periodic error and everything that's in there. And I I'm just really surprised that more people don't know of the G8, uh, which is super portable, and the GM811, which is just a great, uh, less expensive. I, I think about it as a great lesser expensive version than the G11. So those are really those are really really nice options to have. And again, with this notion of the extension kit you know you can always upgrade it later without swapping everything out
0: yeah and then if you have a g11 and you want to go bigger you have the titan right ascension which is big and you guys don't you guys don't make the titan itself anymore but
2: yeah we so so for the moment we have uh i mean basically it's not that we stopped making it it's just there's such demand for and and you guys i know this but you know just such demand for kind of entry to mid-level uh mounts that we are You know, we're already weeks back ordered and it's everything we can do just to to try to meet the demand of the G11 and the, you know, the GM811 and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do have the G11T uh, and that is the Titan RA axis. Because, again, that's the magic, right? That's where all the the good stuff happens. Uh, So it has the Titan worm wheel and it has the Titan, uh, you know, all the the mechanics. I mean, it weighs, I don't even know what it weighs. It must weigh like 480 pounds or some crazy number like that. Uh, What is it?
1: If the weight of it is uh, 45
2: pounds, 40, RIS, 45 pounds. So, for so it's huge, right? And um, but it's the G11 uh, deck, right? So it's kind of like the GM811, but it's one step up. And uh, I actually bought one of those for a big 12 uh, inch RC tube, it was a big stainless uh, RC tube. And that thing pretty much crushed all my vertebrae, but uh, it worked and it worked really, really well. You know, I mean, thank God for carbon fiber nowadays. Yeah. What? Earthquake? I don't think so. I don't I think so. Tanya thinks we had an earthquake. Oh,
0: I, yeah. I I, was
1: shaking. I saw this moving too. Okay, so it is guess. moving. Guess what? Is
0: he's he coming join? on okay cool so Yay! yeah oh my
1: God. i know he's you know scott is scott is still a very very hands-on person when he's at the office he is still working he's machining i mean that's what he really loves to do he's assembling the mounts He so to come on to a podcast, I really have to beg him because he's like, no, I'll just, I just I need to work. I need to work. And so
2: but
0: I got things ready. to do. So. That's
1: right. Yeah, he's still I mean, he is, he is working every day back in the shop. So, yes,
2: the three thing here's his three priorities, right? Work at the shop, give us dirty looks and then come on podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's pretty much the way it is. <laughs> But I did ask him if he would come on. He said, sure. I probably will just move over to this section. Yeah, that's is that fine. what I should do and have Scott yeah. sit here? Okay.
2: I mean, so. we might want to switch the chairs, though, if you want to do that.
0: Oh, okay. Only
2: because I, his head's going to be, like, way up. <laughs> yeah, way up there.
0: We had him on, but again, it was only. You never see his face, so. Oh, that'd be funny. Just, like, see his mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, here he is. Woohoo! Yay, Scott. Thank you so much.
2: Don't bang any cameras on the way over here. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to do switch some those? switching, okay? Oh.
1: Everybody says sorry. Tanya is
2: actually kind of, she's petite, <laughs> and so we have this rather tall chair. It's
1: my throne.
2: Is that what you want to call it?
0: Oh, oh, and look, a special. Oh. We have a fourth oh, special guest here.
2: Else.
1: Do you remember Scruffy,
0: Kevin? It's been a while.
1: Scruffy's on, too. <laughs> all the CNC guys in
2: the back. Do you want to? So this Hi, everybody. is this is scruffy, You have to sort of hold it up above. Oh. We have a laptop there. See Scott, if you see, that's how we look. So you have to sort of hold. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There.
0: There's this is Scruffy, this is our shop cat.
1: Oh,
2: Scruff, Scruff.
0: Of course, in matching Los Monty black. So. Yes. Uh,
3: yes. <laughs> Only way we get them.
0: There you go. <laughs> so. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy and you've got better things to do than sit here and chat with us about things. But we were supposed to have Alan Hale on today, and I know you got your a big boost um, from when you were working with them. I was curious if you could kind of take us through that early era of Los Mondi.
3: Going how far back?
0: Or how. You started it and then, of course, you met up with Celestron and it kind of went off from there. So,
3: yeah, I started doing mounts back in 80. I'm just trying to make sure oh. we can see your. You're okay. You're okay. 86. And
2: <laughs> yeah, just, t- <laughs> time yeah, just time do that. Worry. Yeah. It's <laughs> do time that. that. Um, no. And, uh... Well, I mean, you could. I did that it. I, uh, there you go.
3: That's better. Robert Proven and Brad Wallace who really helped me in the early days testing the mounts and everything. Then that went and that was going pretty well. And then there was a guy uh, named Jim Riffle who worked for Celestron at the time doing all their R&D and everything, he bought one of the mounts and he contacted Celestron and said, you have to take this mount you have to get him to make mounts for you. And so that's how that whole Things started out, and so we made mounts with Celestron from 92 to 97.
0: Nice. That's the GM 11, I think is yeah. what that was called. Yeah. yeah.
3: And so uh, then I think when TASCO, I think Tasco took them over at that time, and that's when they started to make the mounts themselves. And then we broke off on our own.
1: Now, did you make the GM8 for Celestron also?
3: Yes, okay. well, it was a G9. It was called.
1: That's what I thought. It was called a G9 for Celestron. But now we, the G9, is our version, or is the Celestron version of a GM8.
2: Right. So it used to be the G9 Celestron, and then we we became a lost mandy product and became the GM. No,
3: it's a GM8, and then they took that over. Oh, okay. They said we have to give it a different number, so it's not the same as what you have.
2: Oh, I got gotcha. you.
3: They went up one. <laughs>
0: now you know so <laughs>
3: now we know the story behind
1: the g9 yeah, it's kind yeah. Of
0: like 10 or 11 yeah <laughs> got to crank it up to 11 11 yeah. well, that's,
1: it's, um it's called a g11 because it well, paired they, with
3: with the c11 at first and then we increase the bearing size inside the mount and then they put it with the 14 inch
0: So there was no G14.
3: (laughs) Well, they named it G14, but it was never actually put on the product.
0: So if you have a G9, that's the history of the G9. So I've had people ask before, we're like, oh, it's a 8 G9. It's like, no, they're the same thing. Yeah.
2: By the way, imagine my surprise coming to support. I'm like, oh, it's the same. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know Brian's like. Um, I'm getting questions about a G9. And I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah. So,
0: And then you made some early mounts. There's a, they're rare, but there's the GM 100, 200, and the 300, which is like there's a really 300? rare.
3: There's two of those. Man. Oh, I didn't even know this. <laughs>
0: two of those.
3: Yeah. Wow. One went to JPL. The other one is, I think, now in Canada.
0: Yeah, there's a club that owns one that I've seen. Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. So,
0: they have like a twelve inch Newtonian on it. It still looks small. So. Yeah. yeah. Big. That's neat
3: how you the know thing where was, they go. I the think it was way too big to make. So
1: after
0: a couple of them, it was like forget it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to see a picture of one. I've never learned I'll something have to, new every could day. Could
0: dig one up. I think I know where that post is. Off to find it and send it oh, to please. you guys. Oh please, I so.
1: would love to see that.
0: I know we're it like,
2: sending more off our own podcaster.
0: <laughs> like a light blue color or something like that, but it's it's big. So beautiful. Um, so this is the time where we generally open up Q&A so if you're watching and you have questions I know there's like 40 something of you floating out there I know there's one question right now um, either Scott, Tanya or Brian um, is the GM8G usable at the equator um, at zero degree latitude um, including not having counterweights oh okay can you use it at zero degree latitude without the counterweights hitting anything?
3: You'd have to rotate it so it's not over the leg.
0: Could you use the pier extension? Yes. Oh, you can yeah. do that too. Yeah,
1: yeah well, that's what uh, that's what uh, Brian does. He uses a pier extension on his G11 to get it to raise up so it doesn't hit.
2: I right, but I, I think that. I think Scott's point is, you know, normally where you, where you configure the counterweight bar, it, the one of the three tripod legs is immediately beneath it. But you don't actually have to do that. You can actually take your tripod and rotate it. By one sort of connection and have everything exactly the same. So we're just talking about just a sort of a minor. So there's two different
1: options the peer. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Thank you.
3: That's good from zero to 67, 68. That's, go.
1: That goes for all three of the mounts. Well, the, the GM8, the GM811, and the G11 current version of the go to mounts. Um, is zero to sixty-seven degrees. The G11T is a different different um, degrees. So
0: there you go. You're
1: so tall. Oh. I got this grown. For-
2: Scott. I mean, Scott's like the tallest guy here by far. And look, he looks like the smallest guy. <laughs>
0: <He's-> <laughs> it's all that Hollywood magic trickery. <laughs> um, one thing, if you guys have never been to the Hollywood General Machining Shop, it's I mean, it's like a museum half the time. Like, the ceiling in there is all copper, like the Western-style stuff. Um, obviously, everything in the back, I mean, those are all Kway stars and um forgot the other one's name, unfortunately. But Quantum. Quantums. Quantums. But, Scott, you've always been interested. We've had this conversation, but you've always been interested in kind of collecting these, the vintage things, and uh, can you kind of, Iterate on is it just uh, going back and and appreciating stuff of another era at that point, or what starts that for you?
3: Is this on telescopes or on just all the other stuff I collect? Well, I know you've got
0: a ton of stuff, but
3: we'll just keep it to
0: telescopes. You
1: collect a certain thing, I think, is what he's asking, or is a certain era?
3: It's mainly mechanical. I like things that are mechanical. And, you know, I think the quantums were just a neat thing, because it's a break off of the Questar people. And uh, unitrons, I have a few unitrons, they're just where the mount that when you were growing up, when you looked at it in sky and telescope, you just drooled over, even though they're <laughs> probably absolutely useless to use, but gorgeous to look at. So, and I think that's mainly the reason is for the mechanics behind them all
0: yeah i i know you being a machinist and stuff you like you look at the Kway stars and stuff like that and you can appreciate how that was engineered and came around so it's kind of like an art piece in a way so exactly um jeff <laughs> simon my boss for those of you who don't know him um what are some of the hollywood projects that you've worked on jeff wants to know so.
3: You know, more than I do on it. I
1: know I you know a lot of times. Okay, when you go into like Hollywood projects, a lot of times you'll say, what is this going? You know, where (laughs) is this going? And sometimes they have to be a little bit quiet about it. So you're not always able to know until three years later. But some of the things that I can say now that we have worked on, uh, we've done Mission Impossible movies. we did the Lion King with John Favreau in a very in the animated one. Uh, we did the Mulan Disney movie that was done down in Austria. Um, Girl on the Train, which I mentioned earlier. I mean, it just, the list goes on. And this is just, um, that's port, the port glides that I'm talking about, but we also make jib arms and dollies. Actually, um, The Lion King was done on our dollies. Um, but the jib arms, those are also done in the studios and really popular right now since the pandemic. Everybody had to go to a very, very small setting. So the port jib arms became extremely popular this past year, so... Sweet, but lots lots of Hollywood sets. Scott was in a movie though.
0: Which one? <laughs> it was a cameo.
1: He really was in a movie. You know? it wasn't a cameo. He was a, what movie was it? Scott? The
3: great Skycopter Rescue. I think, I think it's in that drawer, right? It
1: there.
2: Really? Did is. you play the skycopter or no?
3: I was just a person at the drive-in, not movie drive-in food place. Yeah. And yeah, there was a motorcycle gang that came into town, and I get beaten up. <laughs>
1: you got beat up in it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know You're that. You were beat up customer
2: number three. Is that <laughs> I actually it? had a
3: speaking part.
1: Too. <laughs> I really want to see this now. <laughs> the video is here, but I, what is it on? VHS? Yeah. It's on VHS. So I'd have to find a VHA tape player. So I'm sure there's one out there somewhere.
0: Good <laughs> machine one. So <laughs> can
2: we talk? By the way, can we talk about our, our <clears throat> new friend who's going to be joining us later next month?
0: Oh yeah, if you guys want to talk about your, uh, I know there's a couple questions, but if you want to talk about your uh, webcast real quick, okay. so we're
1: having a gentleman that works at JPL, which Scott just mentioned. A lot of guys at JPL buy our mounts um, for per, for personal use. For personal use, yeah, just for personal use. And a, one of the guys, we do curbside pickup, and we've had a lot of those lately. Um, he came over, and um, his name is Jeremy, and he's a cameraman in the Hollywood. He's a union guy, and um, but he's very, very, very much into space and astronomy, and that's why he was buying one of our mounts. Um, he is the cameraman for the helicopter and genius on Mars. Ingenuity. Ingenuity. Yeah. Ingenuity. So he will be on our podcast next, talking about being the cameraman on Inge- Say it. Ingenuity.
2: Ingenuity. Yes. Yeah. The dr- the,
0: How the cool. Mars yeah. drone.
1: Right. So that's pretty. I, I he agreed to do it, and I'm we're so and- excited.
0: And where can people check out your, your podcast webcast? Um, is that on YouTube?
1: Yes, it's on our YouTube channel, the Lost Mandy YouTube
2: channel. Yeah, so that's youtube.com slash lostmandy. Very simple. Yeah,
0: there you it's go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go check that out, and they've got a bunch of cool stuff up there too. I'll have to go watch that one as well. Yeah, um, it'll be next month. Couple questions from the audience uh which los mondi rings do you recommend that can accommodate two optical tube sizes uh our ed80 and the 102 mac both of those have probably about 100 millimeter 105 millimeter od um what rings would work 108s you could probably squeeze it no i've had a ed80 and a 108 set so i know that'll work so so there you go. If you need to order them, call Tanya and talk to them. <laughs> or
1: go online to our online store. We also have an online store, DVR 108. Yes. Yeah.
2: yes. By the way, that's a classic Scott answer, just like 108. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you get.
3: I'm sorry, wait. 108.
0: <laughs> I, every time I call there, it's like I need to talk to Scott. And it's just like usually everyone's like, everyone else I call, it's like, hey, how you doing? And you call Scott and he's like, hey, it's just well, like... Exactly. Scott.
1: Wait, how do you answer the phone? How do you say it? Scott. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Scott.
2: I... Scott's a great guy. He's fun yes. to work for.
1: When, especially when you get him like talking and stuff in his elements. He's a lot of fun. So.
2: Are we entertaining or just digging ourselves into a hole? Yes.
0: Probably
1: a little bit of both.
0: <laughs> both. Um, right. What is the highest capacity uh, mount for AP that you guys have?
1: Mr. Imager over
2: there. Well, that would—I mean, that would That'd be the be titan. G11T. Well, it'd be the well, Titan, right? I mean, the, the, of the ones that we are making right now, or uh, sorry, actively manufacturing, is the G11T, and that is seventy-five pounds uh, imaging, and that's that's just for the instrument. That doesn't include the counterweights, and it is actually seventy-five pounds, not fifty percent or seventy-five percent or some other. know i've heard some of those equations right and then i think it's like uh 90 pound visual yeah yeah so i mean it carries numbers are
1: conservative conservative i would say but yeah yeah. we've actually seen wait what was that picture that we saw like a c14 on a gm8 oh my god (laughs) i think it was like a c14 or a 11 we've had a couple
2: people uh with c14s on a g8 and we're like don't do
0: this
1: (laughs) but they do and they were getting amazing images it was insane so i've
0: had a c14 on a g11 and it works it's just it feels like it's too much but a gma would freak me out
1: yeah we don't recommend (laughs) it but it is your mount
0: so and your tube and your money (laughs) (laughs) um does Los Monty sell G11 with stepper motors? Not anymore. Uh, yeah. They're just the servo ones now, right? Yes. Now,
2: you can't. Now I, so something I just wanted to point it out, which, which we actually just had this discussion about, um, because the stepper motor, the digital drive system is a push to, right? So you sort of the idea is that it's very simple. You just kind of move it and point it at things, and then it will just keep tracking. Um, so although we don't make the digital drive system anymore, uh, you can slightly loosen our clutches on the Gemini, the go-to system, and use it like a push-to, right? Yeah. So although we don't make that uh, version anymore, you still can sort of effectively have that with a Gemini system and you know, get sort of a go-to system to boot.
1: Correct, yeah. The go-to system, um, you don't have to use the go-to system. Like you said, you can loosen up. The, and Scott just told me about this because we did get a, co- we get a couple calls still about the stepper motor version um, and – we don't, but if they are looking for this, a stepper motor version, I mean, it's for
2: You can't, yeah. you can't mumble on them. No. Everybody okay. hears that. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so you can use it as a push and track. You don't have to use the go-to. And then if you actually advance into other reasons, you already have the go-to system. It's already there. So you can just move, move over to, and use the go-to.
0: Yeah. You just don't have to do the alignment you can just let it track. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Cool. Um, well, we're running out of time. Uh thank you guys for spending the morning with us and thanks, Scott, for making your appearance. Now you go thank
3: you
0: back into your comfortable world. Um, real quick, uh, for people who are watching, uh, we're gonna have uh end of June. Um, so this is a couple months out at this point, but we have to do an episode that's gonna be pre-recorded due to time zone differences, but we are gonna be uh have brother Guy on. Um, he is the head of the Vatican Observatory, like globally head of the wow. Vatican Observatory. Um That'll be a good one to watch. And he's gonna do it live from the Vatican in Italy. Um, so we have to pre-record this. This is for the last Friday of June. So if you have questions for him write to us at support at skywatchusa.com because we will have to pre-record that episode it will not be live so just as a heads up um and then of course if you want to watch the uh lasmondi uh webcast they got their jpl guy coming on for the helicopter it's gonna be awesome check out their webcast and um hope you guys have a good weekend thank you all three of you for being here this morning and uh yeah thank you thank you um, We'll catch up with you guys uh, soon. So okay. take care. All right, well, thanks guys. Thanks
1: so much, everybody. Have Bye. a
0: good day. Bye.
3: See
0: <laughs> so um, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for everyone joining us today. And uh, we will catch up with you guys next Friday for the What's Up webcast. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great day and take care.
3: That's good that people had questions for you, Spot. Mm-hmm. I-